everyone welcome back to our life of kg i can't believe it is nearly christmas how crazy is that this year has just flown by and i'm really excited for the new year because we have so many incredible guests that are going to be coming on the show i also am launching ask katie so if you would love to ask me a question about business and you'd like me to do an in-depth episode on that just drop me a dm on instagram ask katie along with the question and hopefully i'll pick your question to do a podcast interview with. Anyway, today on the show I have Amy all the way from the US. She has one of the biggest hair salons in the States and we talk about the guest experience, customer service, culture and also only having a few services within your salon and while that's why that's beneficial for her. So without further ado, here she is. Shout out to KG Professional, my training company. We have educators all across the country, so I'm sure there'll be someone near you. We specialise in eyelash extensions, lash lift and brow lamination, and we have the full product range to work alongside them treatments. If you are thinking about training, or maybe you have a salon and want to send your staff on training, then get in touch. I also have training dates that I'm personally teaching myself. So if you'd like to come to our headquarters in Bedfordshire, then drop us a message and I will let you know my dates where I can train you or your team. Amy, welcome to the show. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. So for those that don't know you, because we're mainly a UK based podcast and you are all the way in the USA. So could you just introduce yourself and tell us who you are? Yes, um, my name is Amy McGirava. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky in the US. And I am a salon owner. My The name of my salon is Emma Justine Color and Extension Lounge. Amazing. So where, because you're called Amy, right? Or is your first name Emma? Like, where's the name come from? Yeah, so um, my first name is Amy, um, but actually it's kind of an interesting story. Um, so I live with my husband's grandma, who um, her, my husband is Russian. So her um, background is, you know, a Russian language. And she actually um, would call me Emma instead of Amy. And we just never really corrected her on that. Um, she passed away a few years ago. And um, we named the salon um, kind of in honor of, of her. Oh, a lovely story. That's so, so that's so sweet. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so you own one of the most successful salons in the States. Tell me a little bit about your background. So before you got into business, what was you doing? What was childhood like? Yeah. So I actually grew up um, just in a very, very rural community in, um, in Indiana. So um, it's one state over and um, just a very kind of small area um, in the States, kind of country life is um, how I grew up. And um, I didn't always know that I wanted to do hair. It wasn't like my favorite thing, you know, growing up or anything like that. Um, I actually got into doing hair because uh, my husband, when we were dating and I had moved to Louisville, he had asked me like, well, what are you going to do? You know, when we get married, what do you, what is your, uh, what's your goal? And I was like, I have no idea. I don't know what I want to do. <laughs> and so he had suggested to go to hair school and um, I said, okay, 
sounds good. Let me try it out. And I went and I absolutely just fell in love with hair, with the industry. Um, I just, I knew that it's what I wanted to do and I was very passionate about it. Um, and then shortly after going to hair school, I got into um, a salon here in Louisville. And um, I actually, I had only, I've only worked in three salons um, and they were all different um, types of salons. One was owned by um, an individual, one was a corporate, and then one was a, what we call booth rental salon, where it's um, just, you're renting a space and um, you pay for that space. And then you kind of take care of your own books and your own clients and kind of do whatever it is that you would like to do. Um, and then when I was in that space, I kind of realized that there was a need for a salon in our community, in our city, that was a little bit more than what was offered here. Um, so that's where I kind of came up with the idea to, you know, open Image Scene and have something that was different from everything around us, um, kind of more it's a little bit more popular now, like culture-based salons. But when um, when I first started doing hair and then when I started thinking about opening up a salon, it just really wasn't something that was popular where you had a team that was like, that wanted to come to work, <laughs> you know, that wanted to be in a salon and work with others. Um, you know, the goal was always like, oh, you get into a salon, you build your book, you go, um, you go booth rental or now suite owning is a huge thing. How do you think you created that culture with your team then for them to want to stay and to be part of a team rather than booth renting? You know, it wasn't easy. Um, and definitely like in this business, it's, it is a learning curve as, as an owner, you know, you might have these ideas or something that you want to create. It doesn't mean that you're going to be able to just do that right off the bat. It, it was a challenge. Um, I, I, I call it kind of like my first wave, my second wave kind of thing. Um, the first set of um, stylists that I had in the salon, I learned a lot of, about people, about managing, about, you know, having employees and what that meant, um, as well as how, you know, stylists think. Um, and, you know, just being for myself, I'm a very, I've always been a very like, um, you know, passionate about the hair industry. I wanted to work. I would sometimes work, you know, 12 hour days and wouldn't even think about it. It wouldn't be like, oh man, I just like, I got to get some rest. I had a 12 hour day. It wasn't ever like that for me. Um, and so it definitely in the beginning of opening the salon, it took a lot of um, patience with myself and um, with our team to kind of like grow into something that we have now. Mm. was your background like with your family in business or did that come like was it completely new to you the business world oh definitely um completely completely new to me um I I feel like my parents um they they did own a cleaning business but it was very just them um it was there was no employee basis you know there was nothing like that so as far as like owning a business to um, to employ others is completely, completely new. Wow. Okay. So when you first opened the salon, then you started to like hire teams. Did, did it go straight to the success it's got today? Or was it a real like struggle in the beginning? It was definitely a struggle in the beginning. Um, you know, like I said, I really didn't have experience with um, having employees. So it took a while for me to understand what that meant and what I needed to do. A lot of 
you know, education, a lot of like just learning through doing it. Um, and so, like I said, you know, I had the, I, the salon was very successful when I first opened, like very, very successful. Cause like I was saying earlier, everything was different than what people were used to seeing in this community, you know, um, the, the type of salon it is, you guys can go to imagestinesalon.com and you'll be able to see like photos of the salon inside and out. Um, it was completely different from what other salons here in Louisville, um, that like the aesthetic was, um, we also focused on color right from the get-go. Um, we're now specializing in color and extensions. Um, so that's all we do here in the salon. But when we first opened, we did everything with just like a special emphasis on, um, color. Um, and so we, we drew a lot of people, um, right from the start. Um, so we were able to build our team very, very quickly. Um, when the girls that I had on board at the time, when they first came in, they had zero clientele. Uh, we had one girl that had moved from out of state. She had no one, you know, she, this is the first salon that she worked at in Louisville. She had, you know, no clientele. We had another girl straight out of, or actually two other girls straight out of hair school, no clientele. And, um, you know, they were able to build in less than a year. Um, and then unfortunately at that point, because we didn't have things in place that we do now, they decided all three at one time to go booth rent, you know, and that was like, boom. And that was a shock to me because I was like, no, I've created this, this amazing salon. I've created this environment. I've created just like this thing that people want to come in, like they built their book in literally less than a year. Um, and that's not really heard of in this area. Um, so that was a big shock to me and made me realize that I needed to, you know, put some, some things into place that really made our culture stand out so that people not only wanted to come, but they wanted to stay with us. Mm. What, what would you say were a few of them things? Because I think it doesn't matter where we are in the world right now in the UK, that's a very big thing as well. We don't call it beef renters. We have like self-employment and then employed yeah. and, I think a lot of salon owners here are so scared to go down the employment route because of the investment you put into that person or the training you give them for them to build their columns, like you said, and then go off and do their own thing. And so salon owners just get so protective by that, that they, they don't want to go down the employment route. I mean, I'm an advocate for it. I love it. My whole salon runs an employed staff. Um, but what were them tips that you done so that stopped that from happening? Yeah. So the first thing it really starts with our interview process. Um, I think, you know, myself included at first and a lot of salon owners, you know, you're like, I have, you know, stations to fill and people who need their hair done coming in. I need to get these stylists, you know, I need to have stylists for people to be able to see. Right. Um, and really it's, it starts from that interview, just hiring the right person, having the right um, questions, the right kind of details, um, knowing more about that person than just what you can find out in a 20, 30 minute conversation. Um, so in that interview process, we actually do, um, it's three steps really. Um, it's kind of like a phone call, you know, um, interview. And then we have, if we go through that one and we want to bring them in for a secondary interview, we'll actually have them come into the salon for a full interview, um, talk to them a little bit more there. And then um, if they pass that kind of secondary interview, we actually have them come in and spend an entire day in the salon, um, you know, 
the first time I did that, I remember um, the first person that I hired in that aspect, they literally said that when they told somebody that they knew in the industry that, that they just thought that that was just so old school that you just hire people. Like you don't, you don't interview them so much. You don't talk to them so much. And I was like, I actually feel like it's more, you know, new school. <laughs> it's more new school. You should be doing that because you want to find a person that connects um, with your self, with your, you know, branding and with your team. Um, and if you can't, if you can't find those people, you're not going to have the right fit. And it's just in the end, it's not going to work out. It's going to mess up your culture in the salon. Um, and then it's going to mess up your team's vibe. And then in the end, it just might not work out completely. So you got to start with those uh, few things. And then after the hiring process, we really, um, we talk a lot with our team. It's not just like, hey, how are you? We have uh, monthly one-on-ones for each member in our team. Um, so that not only can we talk to them about, hey, you know, here's what's going on in the salon, here's um, kind of what's going on with the guests, all of that, but then also for them to talk to us, um, hey, how are you feeling? Hey, are you are you doing okay? What's going on in your life right now? Is there anything that you want to talk about? Um, that way they can really have that connection with us and not just view us as this, you know, oh, management, oh, the owner. Um, we really have a connection with each person on our team. And then of course we have our monthly team meetings where we all get together, um, and talk about, you know, the salon as a whole. Um, and then we also do, um, outings with our team. We have monthly education as well as yearly, um, like a, a big educational event we'll do once a year outside of the salon. Um, last year we went to, or this year we went to Texas, Austin, um, for the Kevin Murphy uh, hair show. And then the year before that, um, I don't know if you know what Masters of Balayage is, but it's kind of become pretty popular here in the States. Um, and we went to their summit in Florida um, last year. So we try to do something pretty big for the team, kind of team building every single year. Mm, so it really is like just treating them, make feel as one, making them feel important and just really spending that time with them isn't it rather than just oh you work for me work as many hours get the money in like instead of thinking like that it's really thinking about them their welfare are they happy are they not what can you do for them yes absolutely yeah I mean that's a constant conversation between um, me and my management team just like hey have you noticed any changes you know is there anything that we need to talk about um what can we do to make the team more cohesive uh you know even in our one-on-one sometimes we spent half of our one-on-one with one of our girls um the other day about her goal is to buy a house and you know hey what can we do to help you do that she didn't even know where to start you know um some some young people, they just they don't have someone that they can go to and ask these questions. And, you know, we want to be that for them if if they need it. You know, obviously, we don't pry into all of our team's personal lives, <laughs> but we want to give them, you know, what we can if, if they're if they're needing it and wanting it. Mm. You mentioned that you have a management team. So where do you kind of sit with your role within the salon? What's your day to day? Yeah, so I'm um, behind the chair um, currently three days a week. It's going to go down to two days a week starting in January. So I still am behind the chair. 
Um, I don't think that I'll ever permanently not be behind the chair. I kind of like um, being in both sides um, of the business. And then three days a week, really, you know, the rest of the week I'm behind the, or, you know, in the office, I guess, <laughs> is what you would say, um, working on uh, the other stuff with the salon. Uh, I have, a, like I said, a good team. I have um, two other members in my team that help with the back end stuff. And um, they do a lot uh, as far as that goes. And I'm just kind of like, hey, this is what I want to do. Um, this is where we want to be. How do we get there? What do we need to do? And we we kind of all come together and talk about that. Mm, I love that. You mentioned that you specialize in a limited amount of treatments now. What was it that made you decide to go from everything to just a handful of treatments? Yeah. So when um when I before I opened the salon, I was just out on my own. Um, I focused on color. Color correction was actually like probably my biggest thing that I did in the salon. And um I started doing extensions. I've I've been doing extensions for about 10, 11 years now. Um, and it was just kind of off and on. I had a few clients here or there. And about five years ago, um, five, six years ago, I started getting into doing hand tied extensions. As you know, like that's just kind of blown up over the last couple of years. And I had done every method that you could think of. I was educated and certified in and, and doing behind the chair. And when this new method came out of, um, you know, beaded row extensions. That's, I kind of jumped on that and I just really started focusing on extensions at that point. Um, just from there on out, I was just like, I knew that that's what I wanted to do mainly. Um, and then when I opened the salon, I knew that eventually I wanted to have a specialized salon and do, you know, mostly or all extensions. And um, I've kind of just grown into that over the years. We've kind of um, just pivoted where we could to kind of push to that point. Um, and honestly, I know COVID was really, really bad for most salons. Um, but I always say that COVID actually propelled us um, forward because we were really, really busy um, prior to shutdown. We were shut down for 10 weeks here in Kentucky. And, um, you know, like everybody else, when things reopened, we just kind of got swamped with, we couldn't keep up with the clients, you know, and making sure that everybody was able to get in, get what they needed. We had clients that had extensions that either still had them in past, way past when they were supposed to um, get a move up or had taken them out at home or whatever it may be where they were ready. They were ready to come back in and get refreshed and, you know, kind of get going back into, you know, normal life. Um, so when that happened, you know, all of us were just working as much as possible, trying to fit everybody in to the point where the entire team, including myself, was just exhausted. Um, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't keep going at that rate. And so that's when we decided, um, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna cut out some of these services and really focus and do what we've been wanting to do for a while, which was be more on the specialty side. And so we decided to transition into only doing extensions and um, dimensional color or extensive color services. And um, really it was, uh, it was a blessing to change, um, to change that up and, and to do that. It was 
it gave us all the ability to continue to do what we love um, and only provide certain services to where we weren't swamped, um, but we were still able to um, continue as far as, um, you know, bringing in the same amount, if not more, but doing, you know, maybe only two to three clients behind the chair per day versus doing, I mean, there would be some days we would have five, six, seven, eight, you know, um, clients at a time or, or sorry, in one day. And so, um, it really did help us to, to have that, that lockdown and it really pushed us, um, more into what our goal was. Mm. Cause I was going to say, I was going to touch on the finance side of things. Cause so I guess a lot of us think that the more services we offer, the more money we'll be able to take, but then I guess you can't concentrate on every single thing then can you? Whereas if you specialize, do you also find that clients will travel further afield because you're specialists? Yes, absolutely. Um, I've had, you know, especially when I first started doing um, hand-tied extensions, I would have people come from out of state. Um, I had one girl, she would come from West Virginia. She would drive like four hours to come in. Um, She was, she actually was on um, an MTV show. So that really, um, spoke a lot to me. I was like, wow, that's amazing. You know, somebody from, um, uh, from team mom is where she was from. She was driving to come to see me in just little Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and that kind of like really sparked me into thinking, man, you know, if this is happening, we can do so much more, you know, we can push ourselves into, to being able to be specialty, um, focused and it's okay because people will, they will come, they will pay for specialty services and our training only focuses on those services. So that's what we're the best at. You know, we don't, we don't do pixie cuts. We don't do bobs. We don't do, you know, uh, base colors, you know, things like that. Uh, if they're not obviously with extensions, um, on the color side. So we don't focus our education on that. So we become better at what we are focusing on. Mm, I do really really like that and I think it's really good for people to think about that if they are doing so many services and I always say when I'm coaching myself because I'm a, a business coach as well as a podcaster and I always say just look at the services and actually see what is bringing you money and what's not sometimes we think that one service is bringing so much more than it actually is until you start breaking it down and seeing where the profit is and where you can make more money is it's really really interesting Absolutely. You know, one of my um, girls, she was very nervous about the transition. Um, She had a lot of regular clients for just um, individual services and it was very nerve wracking for her. And I kind of had to sit down with her and really one-on-one say, Hey, let's look at this. You know, if you can do these services and you have two, maybe three clients in a day max, um, you know, look at this versus you having six, seven clients in a day and you're double booking and you're trying to, you know, you're on such a time limit, you know, with each person and you're trying to get them in and get them out. Um, not, not only make them happy, but also, you know, be bound to that time frame. Um, and it's just, you're on your feet all day. You have no time to even go get lunch or use the restroom or just sit down for five seconds um, and get off of your feet. And 
this is how much this would be. And this is how much this would be, you know, think about it. Is it worth for you to really break your back all day, every day, or kind of calm down a little bit, take a little bit of time, you know, work with each of these, you know, one to three guests in a day and, you know, really be bringing in the same, same amount, if not more, um, than what you would be with a full day of individual clients. Mm. Cause you'll say you're huge when it comes to providing that elevated guest experience. And I know that you believe that. So that's one of your keys to success. Absolutely. Could you tell me more on how your salon implements this? Yeah. Um, it's actually something that we talk about with our team, you know, every single team meeting, that is one of our main focuses because, um, you know, when you're providing a luxury service like extensions or, you know, dimensional, um, color, like advanced coloring services, these are not just, you know, $50 tickets, you know, that, that people just come in, they're here for a little bit and then they leave. They're here for hours at a time, you know, and their and their ticket reflects that. So we talk about um, customer um, experience all the time. We want to make sure that from the moment somebody walks in the door, the way that they're greeted, they're not just standing there waiting for someone to acknowledge them. We've all been in that situation, whether it's in a restaurant or a nail salon or, you know, wherever, um, you know, we ourselves are receiving service from, um, where you're just like, hello, <laughs> is anybody going to acknowledge that I'm here? Um, I don't want any of our guests to ever feel like that. You know, um, we're very big on using each guest's name. Um, obviously as stylists, we don't know everyone's name that walks in the door, but we try to not only recognize someone who sits in our chair normally, but those who come into the salon overall with other stylists, Hey, how are you today? What are you doing? You know, how's your life? Um, where we can. Um, and then the receptionist is there to greet them, obviously offer them, um, a glass of water, something so simple that we changed in our salon was instead of offering just bottles of water, um, we offer, um, in-house, we make a lemon cucumber water um, and we serve it in a glass, um, just something so simple with a little lemon garnish. Um, and it just elevates that kind of feeling, that luxury experience of just having a glass. You know, you don't normally walk into a restaurant and, you know, order a, a nice drink and it's served in a plastic cup, right? Um, you're going to get it with a little garnish. It's going to be in a glass. Um, so even just the water can, can make your customer experience that little bit better. Um, you know, obviously we offer snacks in the salon that might not be too different from other salons, but that's something that we do. Um, and then also if someone is in the salon, um, for an extended period of time, you know, we'll offer them, Hey, you know, can we order you some lunch? Just something so simple as that, because guess what, if you're here for four or five, <laughs> six hours, you know, a, a bag of skinny pop is not going to cover it. You really you start to get hungry and something like that. They're just like, sometimes they're like, Oh my gosh, that would be so amazing. And sometimes almost they're embarrassed that we offered, you know, they're like, Oh, I'm sorry. No, I can, I can order lunch. No, we want to do that for you because you're here. You know, we want you to have the best experience possible. Um, and then of course, as a whole, our team just interacting with the clients, I think it's just such a huge thing that, 
um, you know, the industry lacks is, you know, you can get to this point where it's my client, it's my client. Um, and you don't want to, you don't want to, uh, be nice to, to other clients or just from, you know, my experience in other salons, I, I saw that a lot, just that cattiness of everyone being very, um, my client oriented rather than it's our clients, it's our guests. We want to, to treat them as if they were going to be sitting in our chair. Um, so that really is a huge, huge impact on all of our guests for sure. Mm, it's it's a huge thing customer service I mean I always use the story of you can go to like a top restaurant and the service might be okay but the food's exceptional or you can go to an okay restaurant where the food's okay but the service is amazing you're more than likely to go back to the one that gives you the best customer service every single time rather than the one that was amazing food but okay customer service so all them yeah. little touches that you can yeah. put in to the business makes such a difference. Details matter for sure. They do, definitely. Do you find that when someone joins a team, it's hard for them to get on that level of you guys as well? Or do you manage to ingrain that quite quickly? You know, um, it kind of goes back to the um, initial interview, you know, really um, talking that, you know, we definitely talk about that in our interviews. Hey, this is how we, this is how we do. Um, and it, this has to be from day one, you know, we can't really slack on that because you're new. Um, if anything, even if you don't know the answer to something, it's completely okay. It's just how you say something, you know, how you react. Um, just putting a smile on your face when someone walks in the door speaks very loudly. Um, even if you don't know what you need to do. Say they they ask for something that you weren't sure how to do. Oh, you know, I'm not really sure, but let me go grab um, my manager and we'll make sure that we get that taken care of for you right away. You know, something just so simple like that is um, kind of the key. So ingraining, um, you know, we do talk a lot about it and we, we train according to guest, you know, service guest experience. Um, it's not always easy. It's definitely, it has a lot to do with personality um, as well. And you don't always see that personality right away when you hire someone. Um, so we're actually working on right now, putting together um, kind of like a, not just front desk training, but also just in general, um, anyone onboarding into the salon, having videos of um, kind of like uh, guest interaction, um, conversation and how our guest experience looks like and what we need it to look like from day one of someone coming on board. Mm, it's interesting. You said about the videos, it's a very big thing now when it comes to training teams to do everything by video, because it's just so much more visual, isn't it? And rather than you having you or a manager having to train someone over and over again, or, you know, when you're recruiting, however many stylists you have to physically deliver it yourself but when they can sit and do their training on video it's actually really powerful and a way to systemize the business absolutely yeah um we're very big on um systemizing because you know it, the bigger the salon grows or the the more um in-depth everything is in the salon the harder it is to do that one-on-one -on -one training so you need the biggest impact that you can with the you know the I wouldn't say the smallest amount of time spent because even as management, you want to spend time 
with um, training one on one, but it, it's really nice to have things prepared for you and hey, go through all of this and then we'll spend this time together um, doing it. And so, yeah, I believe strongly in, in video training and then, you know, handbooks and referring back to those. It just makes things a lot easier on the management side, for sure. Mm, definitely. So over the years of business, what would you say has maybe been your like biggest struggle so far where you thought, do you know what? I just want to chuck the towel in. Have you ever had one of the moments? Uh, yes. And uh, that was probably when you know, we didn't do a thorough interview and, and have hired um, the wrong people in, in the past. I would say that was probably like the biggest thing where it's just like, oh, forget it, you know? Um, and that was really uh, on us as, as management for not following the process. Um, and we learned from it and we're continuing to, to keep going and um, learning from that experience. Mm. and those that are listening now that might be thinking of opening a salon or actually no let's say they've opened a salon but they haven't taken that step yet to create a team what would your piece of advice be to them yeah don't rush um you know create know what you want to create um before you get started have that kind of that idea of what you want your salon to not only look like, because I feel like um, we're very visual people, stylists, right? So we we want this to look like this and we want our clients to feel like this, um, but also know really how you want your team to be. What do you want your um, customer service to look like or your customer experience to look like? What would you like your um, culture in the salon to be? Um, know all of those things and really really write it out in detail because that was one thing that I, I had an idea of what I wanted, you know, but it wasn't something that I had really focused on written down, knew exactly where I wanted to be, have a game plan. Um, and it took years of really kind of maneuvering things and understanding more and more to get to that point. Um, cause I didn't have that vision right away. Um, I knew what I wanted, but I didn't have the direct vision um, for the future. So, you know, you, you really need to put together kind of a vision for, okay, when I open the salon, what is that going to look like? What is it going to look like a year after I open the salon? What is it going to look like three years, five years, 10 years? Um, and obviously things change. You're going to want to add or take away from that. But as long as you kind of create that timeline and that vision, um, you can work towards something and you can edit as you go, as far as what, what it's changing into. Mm, amazing advice thank you for that Amy it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show thank you very very much thank you can you let us know where people can connect with you if they want to reach out yeah definitely so obviously social media I'm just at Emma Justine Salon um, on all platforms and then of course um, on our website emmajustinesalon.com um, you can uh, there's a contact card on there if you have any questions um, please feel free to to contact us there and I'll definitely look through those and and answer any questions that I can for sure amazing so those listening go and follow Amy drop her a message if you love the show then please share it on socials so we can reach as many other stylists beauticians salon owners as possible we'd be really grateful thank you for your time Amy thank you at Buddha Beauty 
we manufacture vegan and cruelty-free skincare, perfect for salon use and retail. Our products have been developed alongside our Manchester salons to create a results-driven skincare range. Our range of skincare is available in your own brand, which is the perfect way to offer your customers great home care products that keep bringing them back to your salon time and time again. Visit us at www.ownlabelskincare.com to request more information on how you can be selling your own products within four weeks.